party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Palomi Praytap for a game of Dogs in the Vineyard by D. Vincent Baker. Palomi is a graphic designer, art director, player on Mouse Guardians, which is a fantastic Mouse Guard actual play podcast, editor-in-chief of Never Tell Me the Blogs, and generally, one of the coolest people I know. You can find links to all of that stuff in the show notes. Dogs in the Vineyard is a game about God's watchdogs, a specially appointed group of keepers of the faith who travel from town to town in a magical, realist, Old West landscape, righting wrongs, fighting demons, and punishing sin wherever it emerges. It's a game about moral dilemma, it is a game about what it means to be righteous, and it is a game about how your actions are impacted by unchecked moral authority. It's fascinating, I love it, and I can't wait for you to hear it. You can find more information about that as well in the show notes. Before we get started, two quick things. One, I wanted to remind our listeners in the Philadelphia area that we're doing a live show on July 15th at high noon at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. I am super excited about it. It's part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival 2017. It's going to be a blast. You're not going to want to miss it. You can find a link to the Facebook event in the show notes. Secondly, I'd like to extend a special thank you to M Chambers for their support on Patreon. Secondly, I'd like to extend a special thank you to M Chambers for their support on Patreon. Patreon dollars are so helpful in covering hosting fees, equipment costs, convention appearances, new games, and more for the show, and I deeply appreciate every one of them, so thank you so, so much. If you'd like to consider backing us on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Now then, with all that out of the way, let's throw it over to me in the past so he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, my guest is Palomi Kratap. Palomi... Thanks for coming on Party of One. Thanks for having me. So, at the top of the show, what we like to do is any projects you're on, any uh, projects you're involved with you'd like the people at home to know about, any fun podcasts you're on, projects you're working on, etc. Uh, I'm actually working on a couple things these days. I'm still doing a lot of one-shot stuff because I love working with James and Kat, but I am also editor-in-chief of Never Tell Me the Blogs now. Um, so it's it's basically just a bunch of volunteers writing about Star Wars because we already tweet about it a whole bunch, so might as well. Um, I've, I've, I've got a couple of Padme articles in the works and nobody's surprised by that. Um, <laughs> I, I also have an article in the works that I've started putting together and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun because it, it's a really casual, just, Hey, we all love Star Wars. We all love talking about it. Let's kind of put our thoughts into an organized readable thing and, you know, share it with the rest of the fandom. It's a lot of fun to do. Um, I'm still on the Mouse Guardians podcast. We've actually been uh, reorganizing and rehauling a couple of things. So that's why we've been on hiatus for a little while. And um, yeah, other than that, I'm just hanging out, doing some stuff. (laughs) Hanging out and doing stuff is fun. I like hanging out and doing stuff. So uh, this week we are playing Dogs in the Vineyard. It is a game about the order set apart to the preservation of faith and the faithful, also known as the King's Dogs or Life's Watchdogs. They are agents of truth and justice under the guidance of the faith of all things and the King of Life Reborn. It is a, a, a game about moral journeys, about uh, a Western, a sort of semi-mythical Western landscape. And to get about cowboys doing cowboy stuff. <laughs> I I do like a good game about cowboys doing cowboy stuff. So why don't you introduce your character to us this week? Sure. Uh, my character's name is Juniper Kincaid. 
she is a tall um, lady. She uh, always has her hair back in like uh, a plate and uh, she only likes the best for herself. Um, she is a very stoic um, but charming individual and she also uh, works hard. She's got a really hard work ethic and um, I think it, she started out life thinking she was always going to be on her family's ranch and somewhere along the way someone planted the seed of her becoming a dog and that is how she how she went. Like that's that's the path she went down instead. Yes, indeed. Um, so, dogs have a lot of jobs. Their first and foremost job is delivering mail and parcels to the various communities uh, scattered throughout throughout the land. Uh, they also are agents of the faith. They also are sort of moral guides. They also perform ceremonies. They wear a lot of hats. You arrive by you arrive to Rivercrest with uh, a simple job, a simple enough job. You were do- dropping off a package for the town steward. A small package, about a... Maybe about like a foot long, a couple inches thick. Nice little rectangular package. Not too heavy. Package. Is, it, is it like one of those brown paper packages types? Yeah, yeah, and it's got tied off with a little string. It's, it's real light. You can tell it's a book or something similar. You know, it might be a book of life. It might be just legal documents you never know yeah you arrived by ferry the town of rivercrest called that because it is on the crest of two different rivers that have merged in together so it's right on the edge of that right on the edge of those two riverbanks you arrive uh the ferry hits the docks you hop off there is uh quite the congregation of people here to see you they are very happy that there's a dog in town. They are very happy to have you. You know, they walk you through. They give you. They give you all the sights. They guide you. They tell you if you're if you're looking for a, if you're looking for a good time. You know, you can always go to uh, Ezekiel Manford's uh, farm up on the edge of town, up on the northern edge of town. Word is he's opening a new cafe. It'll be real nice. Um, they point you to all the different stores and shops, and they point you to the steward's office. You walk in. It is, um, nice. Recently renovated. Some parts of it are still being renovated. You see, you know, boards and ladders and unpainted planks of wood. You smell the sawdust in the air. Steward Jacob Lowry comes out to greet you big grin on his face. He's kind of walking with a little bit of a limp. And he says, Well, the king's eyes. I... A dog in Rivercrest. I dare say this is a fine day for the town. Uh, she'll smile and, um, if he's offering a hug, she'll complete it with him, but it's a little bit stiff. She's not used to being mm-hmm. touched by other people. Yeah, yeah, and I think his hug is a little stiff as well, so it's a nice, awkward hug. <laughs> good, good <And> awkward hug. <laughs> he stands back and he says, Now I uh, believe that you had a job, to, a job to deliver to me. I trust you took care of it. Uh, I would trust nothing less of a dog. <clears throat> she uh, proffers the package. Um, yes, sir, this, this package needed to be delivered directly to your hands, and I do believe I have made that happen. Yes, you have. King of Life would be proud, and he opens it up, 
and it is a legal pad. Blank, freshly printed legal pad. You know, that nice yellow shade. Yes. And he pulls it out, and he looks at it, and he smiles, and he says, ah, this will make a fine ledger. You've done, you done, you done very well. This'll, this is just what I needed. And he smiles, and he says, thank you. Do, do, you, do you need tea or water or something? Uh, I think one of the townsfolk told me about a cafe not too far from here, so I was going to try that out. Oh, that's Manfred. Yeah, that'll, that's a, a fine, a fine place to go. Um, before you do, though, I do, I do have to. I insist. And he rips a piece of paper from the legal pad, that first sheet, and he folds it. Well, he doesn't rip the whole page. He rips a quarter of a page off, and he folds it. He writes a thing on it and folds it real small, and he hands it to you, and he says, "I know, I know, dog's duty and all, but I, I insist you accept a token of gratitude." Um, she takes the paper a little curiously, because he's not exactly handing over, like, cash or anything like that. So, uh, she, she bobs her head, she's like, thank you, sir. Uh, I won't, I won't refuse a gift. And... I, I very much appreciate that. Yeah. Um, do you look at what is on the paper? I think it would be rude for her. Like, I feel like Juniper would find it rude to look at it when he's right there. So I think she'll step out. Um, but before she does that, uh, just sort of as a passing thing, um, I hope that limp isn't bothering you too much. Oh, no, no, this is, uh, this is old, this is old, old horse wound, you know, got kicked by, got kicked by a wild mare a couple years ago. It's, it's, it only hurts when it rains and he laughs a little bit as he's like, I'm going to get you some tea. I'm going to get you some tea. Uh, take care of that. You know, that's my soul. And he like walks off. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I think uh, she'll... uh, She does the hat tip and walks back out. um, And when she's outside, she'll take a look at the slip of paper he gave her. And on it, it just says in very fine letters. um, It says, I bequeath unto you the soul of Jacob Lewis Lowry. Hmm. Now, that ain't right. No, it ain't right. Where are you going, Jacob? <laughs> that you he need to be back. bequeathing a soul. <laughs> he comes back and he's got two cups of tea. I know, I know, you're going to Elias's, but uh, or Ezekiel's. I know, you know, you're going to Ezekiel's, but uh, let me, let me, I, I make a fine Earl Grey. <laughs> Um, I think she, uh, she tucks a slip of paper, um, into, like, a breast pocket, um, so it's close to her, uh, and she'll, she'll take the cup of tea he's offering her and sip at it, um, and I think, uh, after, like, a polite couple of moments, she's like, are you planning on going somewhere, Jacob? No, no, boy, no, I'm... King alive, put me here, and this is this is my steward. This is my steward. So this is my this is my duty, and this is where I intend to be until my dying day. Mm-hmm. You look like something's troubling you. Men don't offer up their souls so easily, if you catch my meaning. Well, I, I'm afraid I don't. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm so terribly sorry. I did. I forget. Sometimes I forget that folks ain't from from around here. I'm so the. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you must be just. Oh, you must be pale as a ghost right now. I'm so, I I do apologize. And he kind of um he rips the rest of that page out and he starts writing down. He starts making notes. And you can see, because he's got the, he's got it, um, the note, the legal pad just kind of laid out on his lap. You can see that he's writing out names. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm, I'm, it's a, a bit of a local, uh, what you, a local flavor, I guess you'd say, is, uh, you know, around here, lately, in the last couple months, we've, uh, well, we started, uh, I guess, I guess there's a saying going around that, uh, your name, your deed, your soul is as good as any money. So uh, around here lately, what we've been doing, the, the the new practice is if somebody does you does you right, you give them you give them your soul. You give them your true name on a piece of paper. It says, "I give you my soul," and that means that if they need a favor, they come right back to you. <laughs> Yo, that's like a terrible idea, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty bad idea it's not a great idea you just giving your soul away willy nilly <laughs> uh, god Judy looks skeptical as hell but she's trying to be like discreet and polite about this because she doesn't really know like what she's dealing with yet basically and she doesn't want to like she doesn't want to insult Jacob because he's been very nice so far um, so I, I feel like what she's doing is, uh, as he's talking about this and writing these names down, she, uh, she's got an eyebrow cocked and, uh, that, that, like, acid of concern is rising in her stomach, but, uh, she, she's electing to observe for the time being. And I think, um, she asks, like, when, uh, or I guess why did y'all start doing this? Oh, and, um, I think, yeah, he kind of furrows his brow a little bit, and he's like, oh, are you gonna, look, look, it ain't, it ain't but, uh, it ain't but a little bit of recognition and appreciation for, uh, friends helping out friends. You ain't need to make it a, a matter of the faith, right? It's just a gesture. We started it a few months ago, you know, people started trading because uh, people needed things, and man's name was just what they had, so we started trading names. It ain't, it ain't nothing but a thing. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, is, is he gonna offer the other slip of paper to her as well? Uh, no, he's just, he's, you see him writing, and he at one point he, like... You see him open his drawer, right? And he's got, and this is what what you see, a bunch of little slips of paper. Okay, got it. A whole bunch of them. And he's like taking them out and he's like, did I already write down? Yeah, okay, I got that one. And he's kind of tossing them in a waste bin as he's like filling out his ledger um, of names. <laughs> I'm, I had an idea and I'm wondering if this is going to be weird. Uh... But as he's tossing him away, I think, uh, 
I think she might ask, like, do you mind horribly if I hold on to those slips of paper? Oh, uh, well, now, I suppose... No, I suppose if I've got the ledger, it shouldn't be a... Well, I, actually, I probably can't just go handing out, you know, and then papers got soul. Then papers got somebody's soul on it. It's got someone's name on it. I can't exactly just go handing it out. And he kind of leans in and kind of, like, positions his leg between you and the wastebasket. <laughs> I am going to initiate a conflict. Oh, damn. It's conflict time, everybody. All right. So, conflict in dogs in the vineyard the way that it works is we begin by setting the stage the stage is we are in jacob lowry's office along a wall there are some pieces of things being built people like that like he seems to have a very large construction project underway probably something a lot of people are working on mm-hmm. he the thing is whether or not you can get a hold of those names or get more information about the names and the various people that have been trading them. For now, we're just talking. Just words for now. So you're going to roll. The first thing we're going to do is each roll our acuity and our heart. In Jacob's case, that is nine dice. Okay. In Junie's case, that is still six dice. Let's see here. All right. I see. So basically, <clears throat> the more dice you roll, or the more dice assigned to a trait, the more dice you roll. So you want to have, yeah. y- you would prefer to have higher, like, Ds rather than a higher number necessarily. Yes. Yes. That's pretty good. Figuring things out as we go. Um. All right. I have my pool ready. Okay. I have mine as well. Um, he is going to initiate the first action, and he is going to put forward two six-sided dice. He is going to raise with a 12 as he, like, says, Now, I'm sure you understand. It's just the way things are done around here. All right. Um... Let's see here. So you want to you want to take a number of dice out of your pool that equal or exceed twelve. And the I, fewer dice you do that in, the better. I'm going to take two dice out of my pool, um, and I'm going to see the twelve, or rather, so I've already seen the twelve. I'm taking two right. dice out of my pool that also equal twelve. So I'm taking two sixes out. Okay. Yeah. So describe to me how you brush off that comment. You have blocked his action. Um. Remind me what he said again. I'm sure you don't mind. This is just how things are done around here. Um, she, uh, Junie's going to set her, her teacup and her dish on the, on the desk. And, uh, she's still standing, I think, while he's sitting. And, uh, she'll look down at him and, um, well, I'm, I sure do understand that this is how you do things here. I just, you know how it is on the road. It's hard to find, uh, paper to roll your tobacco in. That's very good. All right, now you can choose to raise with two dice of your own. Mm, I think I'm going to raise, uh, and I will raise ten. Okay. What do you say? She'll, uh, she'll also remark, they honestly can't be that important if you're electing to throw them out anyway. Hmm. 
he um, he's gonna block with a, he's gonna block for ten. It's gonna, it's gonna say, well, I ain't exactly throwing him out. I'm writing him in a ledger. But uh, if you were to go next door, one of these slips of paper, there's no saying that you weren't given that soul naturally. So, really, I, it's just a matter of honesty. And he is also he's going to raise you eight. Hmm. Um, I think I'm going to use one of my traits. Okay. And so to use one of my traits, do I just roll and add that to the pool? Yes. And describe how, how it comes in. Sure. Let me roll this really quick so I can edit. Let's see. Right. So that's a five and a two. So I'm using, uh, men always find me charming. Well, that's a trait that I signed Junie. And uh, she, I think she puts a hand on his hand and, like, you know the eye contact thing? <laughs> yes. She, uh, she's like, well, are you saying I'm not honest? That's very good. All right, so now you can still raise with uh, two dice. Uh, I'm going to raise. Let's see. I don't think I can raise. I can block, though. Oh, if you've already, did you already, did you already see? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, wait, okay, no. Okay, then yeah, then. No, no, no. Oh, then if you. I didn't see. Okay, then yeah, you need to lay down dice equal to or greater than eight. Uh, so I will lay down dice equal to eight. That's, uh, two out of the pool. Okay, you brush off, uh, he, he, yeah, you say, uh, you say you don't find me honest, and he, do you have anything to raise with? Uh, I do, um, and I'm using the last two in my pool, it's two twos, so that's a four. Okay. In that case, he's gonna put the pressure on you, and he is going to reverse the blow. Oh, damn. He's gonna block with one four. Gotcha. Uh, so what happens then is I turn the attack back on the attacker, and the mechanical effect is I don't discard the dice I used to see, I hold on to it. And can add it to the raise. So because I now have two more dice in my pool, a six and a three, it goes from being a nine to a thirteen. Gotcha. So now you can add more traits and things if you want. You can add a relationship to uh, the steward if you'd like. Or you can give the conflict, which means that you would keep uh, any dice left in your pool, which is none unless you roll a trait. Um, hmm. <laughs> I think I'm going to give anyway and cut my losses. Okay. So what happens is um, if you had any dice left in your pool, when you cut your losses, you would get to keep the highest roll, the highest result, Mm -hmm. and use that later. But you don't have any dice in your pool. Gotcha. So um, nobody nobody took any blows, so there's no fallout dice to assign. So the conflict just ends, and he kind of says, Now, I'm not saying you're not honest. But what I am saying is that while you're in Rivercrest, I am the steward and this is my, this is my, like, this is my dominion. (laughs) And if I can't have these pieces of paper floating around, you have to understand that. Um, I think, uh, she nods her head and she'll take, uh, well, she'll nod her head and, uh, I apologize for any offense I may have caused. No, no, none taken. And he's like uncomfortably quickly back to being jovial. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, no, no, not at all. None, none taken, none taken, none deserved. 
you know, business is business, you know, stewardship is stewardship. It's, it is a water under the bridge. Of course. Or along the river, as we like to say in Rivercrest. <laughs> now, I don't want to hold you up any further. I believe you had a dinner. You had uh, some time to get at Ezekiel's Cafe. I hear it's very lovely. I hear he's got a lot of wonderful people working on it. Uh, yes, indeed. I'd, I'd love to go check it out before I... I mean, oh, this is a good question, actually. Um, yeah. Would she just head out after she's done with whatever business she has, or would she stay the night somewhere? Um, that's really up to you. Okay. Um, but I will say that, uh... It is one of their jobs to, like, investigate sin. Sure. And... She's not going anywhere anytime soon. I I think I I was more asking, like, is... Do they... Are they constantly on the move from uh, place to place? Or do they, like... Uh, do I have the resources to get a room, basically? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, you, yeah. Dogs, you can pretty much just say, I need a room and somebody will okay. give you a room. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, cool. That's all I was asking. Gotcha. Um, Sheila, she's like, of course, I, I'll go. I, I would like to go check it out uh, before I grab a room for the night. Oh, of course, of course. Send, send him my regards. Tell him. And his face hardens just a little bit. Tell him I got. Tell him I got something. And take his name off the list. <laughs> and he kind of like limps back to his desk and sits down and just commences writing down more names. Oh <laughs> uh, boy, howdy! What a fun guy. <laughs> um, I think she uh she'll leave her teacup. And uh, without a whole bunch of ceremony, just head out of the steward's office and uh, down the road to the cafe. Okay, yeah, you, you head down the road. It's um, it's 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 longer than you'd expect to get there. It is for it's like because you can you get the, you get close and you see that he has a lot of open farmland. And as you're going, you notice that. A lot of, like, you're going and you notice that the farmland gets better. Like, Ezekiel's land just looks better than everyone else's. Like, it just looks like it's been cared for with better equipment. It looks like it's gotten better seeds. It just looks like a nicer plot of land. Okay. You get close and you see people working on this cafe. They're like... Build basically, you know, they're building a house. You see, you watch, you're watching some of parts of the, the expansion of the cafe being built, but the people look a little gaunt, mm-hmm. a little sickly. They don't look like they're the best people to be working on a hard job like this. Gotcha. And they seems it seems like. There, they, there. You, you, you can see in the way that they walk from place to place, almost a little desperation, a little bit of like a nervous spring in the step. There, these are the people working on the the house, in, rather than like a. Or I guess what I know that they are Ezekiel's people, or like just people yeah. that he's hired. Uh, you can't really tell if they are his people or if they're just people from. Uh, like you can tell they're from around town. They're mm-hmm. talking to each other like they know each other. But um, you can also tell that they don't look like workers. They don't look like farm hands or like builders or carpenters. These look, you know, one of them's got a pair of little glasses on the tip of his nose. And he's got the little, like, 
red mark on his forehead of wearing like a banker's visor, for yeah. instance. Okay. Gotcha. You come up and Ezekiel Manford, big, big barrel of a man, comes up and shouts at you. Is that a dog? Is that a dog I see? Uh, he'll, um, she'll turn towards him and, uh, smile as big as she can. Yes, sir, it is. Oh my, my goodness. I was hoping that you would find time for the cafe. Now listen, I don't want to be presumptuous. And as you're talking, as he's talking, you, you're, you can't help but notice a little tiny, like one of those little tiny mini note, mini notepads. Uh Uh-huh. In his front shirt pocket. With a lot of pages ripped out. Gotcha. He said, I was hoping, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I was hoping perhaps we could do some sort of ceremony to bless the cafe. You know what? You haven't eaten, eaten. Come on in. Let me feed you. Uh, she'll, uh, she'll follow him in um, and see what the cafe looks like on the inside. It is uh, very nice. There's a glass case, which you haven't seen a whole lot of, like an actual glass pastry case. A nice, uh, like, cake tray with a a cake with a slice cut out of it. Pastries. You see another, a woman behind the counter, like, uh, happily baking. Mm Mm-hmm. You can, uh, uh, and then you see three other women, like, prepping baked goods that look a little bit less happy to be there. Okay. Gotcha. Waste bin is full of, waste bin, a waste bin by the, in the corner is full of little slips of paper. Do they have a cash register? Uh, they do. They do have a cash register. Does it look like it's been used? Not lately. Interesting. So I think what she does, if he like sits her down at a table, she'll uh, and, and ask what she wants. She'll just look at him with a big smile on her face still and be like, you're the owner here. Why don't you tell me what's good? Oh, wonderful. Uh, I think that you've got to try, you've got to try the cherry, the cherry cake. And he, he, he stands up, and he goes over, and he slices two more slices out of that cake that's on the tray. And he puts it in front of you. And he's like, I gotta tell you, the people working in the back, they put their everything into these cakes. They are perfect in every way. I think right around this time, she that little bit of bile that you get when things are really weird, and you're not yep. really sure why... She's got that, and uh, she's a dog. She's she listens to her instincts, and she listens to like her her mind and her body when it's kind of alerting her to something. So I feel like when he offers her the cake, she'll take it and she politely eats it. But uh, she's she's more just using it as like a, a a front, basically. Sure. You know, to to have a conversation and set him at ease. But she her like senses are alert she is trying to keep taking as much as she can both like on what he's saying and everything else around her and so he starts telling you the story of this of the cafe and why he wants it blessed he's like well this is going to be a real uh mark of the community's future this is a real investment in the community of rivercrest you see we uh we've always been a very humble town and lately we done got hit with some hard times we, uh, you know, we've had some crops dry up. We've had some, some people get sick. 
but we found a way to start over and start fresh and having this cafe and having a real place where people can come and meet and do business and chat and be friends and community members would just do real well for the community and do real well for where the community is headed. She's nodding along while she's listening to him. Um, I think uh, she'll like as casually as she can uh, what was it that allowed y'all to start over? Well uh, and he kind of um, face gets flushed for a second as he kind of realizes that he's going to have to explain something (laughs) to an out of towner and he said well see what happened was like I said, we we had a run of bad luck. The Earth didn't work with us in the way that we had hoped it would. Uh, it happens. Um, but it was Desmond. It was Desmond Declaw in his general store. He uh, he got the idea because uh, well, he got the idea because Zeb Halford came to him and said said he was desperate, right? Said he needed he needed stuff to get his farm going, and Desmond made a deal. He said. He said, you, do. I'll give you the stuff you need, and just on a later date, you just got to do something for me. You just got to pay it back. Zeb got so excited, he wrote down his name, and he said, I won't let you forget this. You have my name on a paper that is as good as my soul. It is as good as my word. Sure enough, a couple. sure enough, Zeb got his stuff farm blossomed like that. It was a thing of beauty. And then, sure enough, uh, a couple months later, Desmond needed a uh, needed his, uh, needed the, the the trough outside of his store fixed up. Zeb was the first person there. Crack of dawn, fixed the whole thing before the horses got there. It was perfect. The didn't, s- yeah. Desmond didn't even have to ask. Didn't even have to ask. The sit we you know we, we brother looked out for brother, friend looked out for friend. Sure enough, people started making deals. I think it was Abigail London was the first person to say the words, your name, your deed, your soul is as good as money. And then you hear Jacob saying the same words echoing in your mind. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, she stopped taking money. She stopped taking money at the saloon outright. Started taking deed. And things kind of went from there. I don't know. There's a shopkeeper left in town that's taken. I mean, we all take money if you have it, but I don't know if there's a shopkeeper in town that'll turn away a soul on a piece of paper. I see. Well, that's quite a story. Uh, it's good to see that uh, you folk are helping each other out instead of watching out for just yourselves. Yes, yes. It's, uh, you know, it is uh, unconventional. And certainly there have been folks that have said they were uncomfortable with it, but I think that the, I think that, uh, and he kind of, um, he leans forward as he starts to say something and then stops and he says, well, I think that the book of life is great, but I think sometimes you got to take an unconventional, forget I said anything, don't even worry about that. (laughs) Uh, I think she chuckles a little bit, um. 
He is visibly relieved when you do so. Uh, oh, but like on the inside. <laughs> oh, well, then he is not in any way relieved. No, 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 no. Like she'll she'll outwardly try to put him at ease and not like alert oh, okay. him to anything. But inside, she's just like, OK, well, hmm. <laughs> sure, that makes sense. That's the correct response. Didn't realize we were interpreting the book of life now, but that's fine. I guess whatever. Um she, uh, I, I think she does furrow her brow a little bit. She's like, uh, who, who all isn't really, uh, on board with it? You mentioned a couple of people weren't. Uh, I mean, and it's the darndest thing, because he was the first person to come up with it, but I gotta say, Zeb, Zeb has been saying, he's been saying that we've been going down a path lately, and I, frankly, I'm a little bit suspicious of him. I think that he's just trying to get out of a deal. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I can understand why he'd be uh, trepidatious, but uh, if it works for everyone else, then why not, right? <laughs> it, and and it, uh, it's good to hear somebody understand. You know, we get... It's it's the way things are... And that's that's why I wanted to go back to revisit the issue of the, the blessing. And it doesn't have to be today. It can be before you leave, but just think about it. And, uh, cake is on the house. And, for the record, the cake is delicious. <laughs> Great. Uh, I think, uh, she'll tip her, uh, well, she'll, like, give a salute. Um, sort of like a two-finger salute, uh, in regards to the cake. Um, it, it was absolutely delicious. Thank you so much. He, uh, he smiles and he goes behind the counter and he, he kisses his wife on the cheek and says you hear that marion she loved it and uh marion smiles and beams and goes back to like decorating a cake and the three people behind the counter kind of look at you and they all kind of sigh and their shoulders slump a little bit like they're the slightest bit proud of it but they've also got these they've locked their eyes on you with this gaze that just ain't right (laughs) just something in their eyes there's this sadness or a desperation in their eyes that even as you leave you can't quite shake yeah um i don't think uh i don't think juniper sticks around the cafe for too long um i think what she's gonna do is make for zeb like immediately okay um zeb's house zeb is a just a local he's a farmer you go there and his farm's not looking great Mm -hmm. it's going it's it's you look at it it doesn't look like it's necessarily like blighted in the way that you think perhaps like might be a demonic thing but it definitely just doesn't look great it doesn't look like he has the stuff to do to really keep the farm up yeah you go in and he uh the smell of sick hits you immediately Ooh. okay and you walk in, and it's dusty, in a little house. Um, everyone is gathered around a bed. Young man, about 19, a little, 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 little younger than you are, laying in bed, hot brag on his head. Sick as a, sicker than a, well, sicker than a dog don't make a lot of sense, but sicker than, sicker than a lot of things. <laughs> Zeb looks up and he says, oh, 
please tell me you're here to help. Please tell me you're here to do a blessing or something, because we're in a bad way. Uh, I'm imagining the, the the boy in bed is his son. Yep, that's Damien. It's Damien Halford. I think uh, Juniper looks at all the faces. Uh, I can help, but you need to tell me what happened. I, he just... I don't know, he just got sick and... I I think this is a conflict. Sure thing. I don't think he quite wants to admit what has hack what what has led here. He he hecked up. <laughs> I don't think he wants to admit that he hecked up. <laughs> All right. Um, rolling acuity and heart. Yes. Gotcha. Because we're just talking. Roger that. Yo, this roll is not great. Okay. I am rolling 76. Okay. He is going to raise you. Uh, going to raise you with eight. Okay. He says, I don't know. He just got sick. I don't know what happened. It just, it, it happens sometimes. And you can tell he's hiding something, but you don't know what. Mm, okay. Um, let's see. I think I'm going to block with eight as well. Okay. Uh, how many dice is that? Two. Okay, great. You block. And I think uh, she, like, fixes him with a look. Um, Zip, I can tell there's more to the story than that. Hmm. <sighs> Strapping young... Oh, sorry. Uh, Oh, no, go ahead. Go. Sorry, continue. Strapping young man like that doesn't just get sick. He starts dabbing his brow a little bit. Uh, I think I'm going to raise with... I think I'm going to raise with eight. Okay. That's two die. Um, I'm going to... Continue? Yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, uh, I'm also I'm going to block with eight and say, as he starts, like, I'm going to block with eight, that's two dice, uh, as he starts, like, dabbing his brow, and he's getting sweaty and nervous, and he starts ticking a little bit, and he says, I just, uh, and I'm also going to add one dice, one d4 for scared to my pool, mm-hmm. uh, as he says, like, I just, look, it, it happened, he's just... He was he was out, you know, doing. He was out out in the field, and he got hot from the sun. It's just sun heat. It's sun heat. It's just the type of thing that that some some care and attention will take care of. And he's gonna raise you by six. Okay. I think. Uh... I think I'm going to roll 1d8 for uh, I'm a dog. Okay. So I'm going to do that real quick. Cool. It's uh, So I'm using two die to um, do a nine. Okay. Yep. Uh, that's not a block, is it? That's something else? Uh, the, um, so is one of those dice a six? Uh, no. One of them is a five and one of them is a four. Then no, it's still a block. Okay, gotcha. 
I think uh, she just, uh, she like stands up to her full height, um, kind of like a full sort of intimidated stance. And, and she's like, uh, Zeb, I saw the land while I was coming up to this house. And I see that boy and there is something other than heat that's going on. Um, I think he cracks. I think he, he drops to his knees and is blubbering. Uh, he's going to give the conflict and he's going to keep that. I'm going to keep that D6 for if you get into another conflict with Zeb. Cool. So, but, uh, he, sorry, uh, we keep the die and not the number necessarily, correct? Uh, if he gives, if, if, yeah, if you give the conflict, you keep the die and the number. So I have a six to add to any conflict that we have in the future. Gotcha. Okay. But just with, just with Zeb though. Okay. Gotcha. So he starts blubbering and he's like, it's, it's, it's cause it's, it's my fault. I failed him as a father. It is, it is my fault and you should do with me as you will. If you want to put a bullet in my brain, put a bullet in my brain because I dragged my family into this. I should have just, I, I, I owed a man my soul and I didn't follow through with it, but I didn't want to hurt anybody. Um, I think, uh, I feel like she sort of just takes charge of the situation and like the household. And I think she instructs if his wife is there, uh, instructs her to get him like a glass of water or something. And, uh, she's like, Zeb, why don't we both sit down and why don't you start from the very beginning? He takes a long sip of water and it calms him down a little bit, but his hand is still shaking and you see that water. The water shaking in his hand. He says, Desmond, Desmond, Desmond. That man is as rotten as the snake of Eden. He's treated that general store like a private club for as long as, as long as I've known him. He, my farm was dying. Manford's little estate was best tools, best seeds, best everything. He was living the high life and we were struggling. So yeah, I got desperate. I got nervous, right? I was in a bad way and I, I needed the crops to pay, to pay my way to make sure I had a roof over my head for my family. So I made a, I made a deal and he he made me work for it told me I had to be there at the crack of dawn to fix up that trough. And I did it. I did it. I put my put my name on that paper and I said, here, you may as well have it. You may as well take my soul. And I was there at the crack of dawn fixing that farm. Fixing that trough. And when it was done, that was it, right? That was it. Except other people's farms started drying up, right? People, other people got desperate. And they came to Desmond looking for help, looking for deals. And he was more than happy to oblige. People saw how it worked with Desmond. Suddenly, you can't get a sarsaparilla from the saloon without doing Abigail London a favor later. Suddenly, you can't go to Louis Colt's. Well, you can't buy livestock from Louis. Without putting your soul on the line. Why do I got to put my soul on the line for a cow? That ain't right. 
That ain't the way it should be. But we did it because people said that was the only way it was going to work around here from now on. Now everybody's smiling and saying that's just the way things done, but it ain't right and it ain't the road we're supposed to be going down. So I said no. I said no more. Desmond said that he, he said he put he said he put me in default, marked an X on my ledger. Now Damien's sick. Says if I don't want to hurt Abigail, if I don't want to. And he, and he looks, his eyes dart ever so briefly to the shotgun on the wall. Then, then say Damien's going to get sick and the crops are going to die. I don't want to do that. It ain't right. It ain't right. She, uh, Juniper, she's sitting and listening. And uh, I think she notices when his eyes dart to the shotgun... But I think, um, like, the first thing she says once he's done. I don't think you've done anything wrong other than care about your family. And, well, I don't think you've done anything wrong. He starts crying as soon as he hears that. (laughs) You care about your family. You wanted them to survive. You did what you had to. What bothers me more is that there are people at this settlement who are dealing in things that they don't really know how to deal in. I'll take care of your boy. I only ask that I get to stay here tonight. I don't I don't think I would be very welcome at a local inn. That's fine. That's more you're more than fine more than fine to stay here as long as you like and uh they 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 move up a place you spend some time with the child perform ceremony take a little dirt from your jar sprinkle it on his head as is tradition i want to pause real quick uh i'm thinking of like a small a, a small mason jar yeah. Basically, that, that's got like a little clasp on it and it's got some dirt in it. And you just kind of take mm-hmm. it out and sprinkle it over someone. Yeah, exactly. We're on exactly the same page. But I, I feel like every dog has their own sort of jar. And I totally mm-hmm. see a dog just carrying a gigantic jar on their back like full big, of dirt. Like a big jug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just this dog on the jug. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, you take out your little mason jar, you pop it, you sprinkle it, and he starts, the color comes back in his cheeks as you say his name, and you read from the Book of Life, and the smell of sick starts to dissipate just a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's clouds gathering overhead, but it seems like he'll be okay. It's going to take some care, and it's going to take some time, but he's he sort of, he his eyes open, and he greets you with a smile, and he says... A dog on our farm. Well, I, <coughs> I reckon it might be all right after all. Um, I think she, she'll uh, return the smile. I think it's time for you to rest now, Desmond. Nope. He, is that his well, name? <laughs> uh, Damien. Damien, I think it's time for you to rest now, Damien. And he closes his eyes, 
and it fades out and what we are at the next morning mm-hmm. they have they've greeted you with a with a, a beautiful little continental breakfast now like it ain't much but it's what we can offer and no way we're not given something to a, a dog that has helped us in this way um i think she very gratefully is like it's better than anything i think i've ever had on the trail and i think the uh right before you leave they give you a, an apricot oh <laughs> and they say we found i got this from the market and i thought you might appreciate having something a little sweet um she'll take it gratefully she gives it to you and smiles and kind of waves you off uh I imagine I've been walking everywhere at this point, or have I been mm-hmm. riding? Uh, it's up to you. Um, I'm okay with walking. Yeah, I think this is a walking town. It's not particularly large, except maybe to get out to, out to, uh, Manford's estate. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I think, um, uh, the next place she goes is gonna be the general store. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. That sounds like this is where this is headed. <laughs> um, yeah. You get there, and you've seen people working at all the different shops you went to. A lot of people are working at the general store. Uh-huh. People sweeping. People uh, building. They're building a whole second floor for, like, apartments for people. Or for, like, a like lodging. Yeah. There's people. People working the register. People stocking shelves. It looks like... Almost like a, like the the people moving about is almost like think like a target, where people are just doing things because they don't want to stay still. Gotcha. Like they don't want to stay in one place too. Like yeah, nervous energy. Like you're nervous saying. energy is just everywhere in it. Gotcha. Um, I think uh, I think she like as soon as she walks into the door, she she's always she's always like walking through life fairly confidently but she like turns it all the way up as she walks into the store mm-hmm. uh because i think uh she's got at least a fair idea of what's going on here at this point and uh you're never supposed to show weakness mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i think uh she'll start browsing around i don't think she'll go to the front counter just yet Sort of under the guise of like, I'm going to be on the road, so I need supplies. Yeah. Nobody stops you. Nobody, everybody's, um, everybody, nobody's looking at you. Eyes to the floor. Gotcha. People are embarrassed to be seen. Like, you, 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 you see somebody and like, you smile at them. And they kind of smile back for half a second. And then their face goes beat red as they realize that they've been seen here. Uh-huh. With like, the broom in their hand. And they just like scrunch up and like shuffle off okay gotcha like people your presence here has started to remind people that maybe this wasn't right (laughs) oh no mom's here yeah very much oh no mom oh no the fuzz is here (laughs) oh shit it's the fuzz cheese it uh cool um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just like the visual of that. I, I know it's supposed to be striking, but it's just funny to me. Cause like, <laughs> people are like, oh, fuck. <laughs> You're not supposed no, to be it's... here. 
Yeah, so what do you what do you do next? I think I oh, I think I um walk up to the counter and uh if Desmond isn't there, if there's no one behind the counter, uh, if there's like a bell for me to ring, I'll I'll ring that. And uh, Yeah, I think you have to ring the bell. I think that everybody's kind of in the back room. Yeah, okay. Then I'll ring a bell. Okay. Uh you ring the bell. Um, and from the back comes in a very professional looking, like, uh, jacket that has been, like, nicely buttoned up. Nice denim jacket with, uh, like, the nice, like, the big, the big epaulets on the top. Yeah. the, uh, I don't think they're exactly epaulets, but you know what I mean. Like, he's got, like, it's got, like, a figure to it. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, and he's got a very wide-brimmed hat pulled over his eyes a little bit. And he walks out, and he's got the he's got a piece of straw in his teeth, and he says, "Can I help you with something?" I was wondering if you could give me a decent length of rope. I couldn't find it in the store proper. Oh yeah, we keep it in the back. Uh, had some incidents. Um, and he goes to the back. And he drops off this big length of 50 feet of, like, thick hemp rope. Cool. Um, How do you reckon you'll uh, be paying for that? By coin, like everybody else, I suppose. Oh, right, you're not from around here. I'm Desmond Duclaw. I run the establishment. The name kind of echoes just a little. Yeah. He extends his hand and says, it's a pleasure to, to meet you. Coin is fine. It's, we can make do. I think she'll just play, she'll play dumb. What do, what do people usually exchange for goods and services here then? Oh, we, uh, we do things a little different in Rivercrest, uh, if you need something, we make sure to oblige one another, and in exchange, we oblige one another if we need something. Hmm. Uh, I feel like she. I feel like she looks around when she says, "That doesn't sound correct." Oh, it's unconventional, but I think it's just fine. Uh, on this counter, I imagine there is a cash register. Yep. Does the, like, behind the counter also have a waste basket full of those slips of paper or anything like that? Uh, it has what looks like three or four big, thick, uh, like, accounting ledgers. Gotcha. Um, that look, that look, you, the spines of them look like they're just about to snap, like they've been flipped through a bunch. Gotcha, gotcha. Um. Hmm. Like stuck. I'm trying to figure out what to do next. That's how a dog acts. Is up to the dog. There's no one to answer to but the king of life. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, I think um, she'll point her chin towards those ledgers. <laughs> Because at this point, I don't think she's worried about hurting Desmond's feelings. Uh, 
She just needs to get all the facts from him. What's in those ledgers over there? Seem awful full. He, um... He kind of, he looks at him and he looks at you for a real long time. And he says, I think you know what's in those ledgers. How's about we respect one another? I'll respect you and you respect me. And I'm just going to say, I think you know what's in those ledgers. I could go, oh man, I, shit. So like, there's a couple things I can do. And I think there's mm-hmm. one thing that would be kind of cool. Um, where she just like turns around and addresses everybody who looks like they're working in the store mm-hmm. and instructs them to basically return to their homes. Oh, that is very cool. Because um, they don't owe this man anything. If you want to do that, I'm going to call it a conflict to see if you can undermine Desmond's cult of personality. Uh, yeah, let's definitely do that. <laughs> All right. So we're just talking. The stage is set in the store. We're just talking for now. You're going to roll acuity plus heart. You can mm-hmm. always escalate it further. Gotcha. So, uh, let's see. He is dead silent as you do it. Yeah, uh, Juniper turns around and kind of in a by projecting her voice, she uh, addresses everyone that's working in the store. And uh, she says very matter-of-factly, I think it's high time everyone here went home. You don't really owe this man anything. Uh, go ahead and make the first race. Okay. Um... Let me make sure I have all of my things. Do, 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 I think right out of the gate, I'm also going to use the I'm a dog trait. Cause yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Hey. Okay. People, um, lis- people listen when you say that. As yeah. People have stopped working and have, like, come out of the back room. Some of them looking a little nervous, like, is this going to ruin everything? And some people looking like it's about time. A few people looking like she should not be here doing this. Yeah. Um, let's see. And is... He's, he was the only one that sort of came out of the back that didn't look like he didn't belong here, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's see. So I will start... I will raise... And what I'm gonna do... Let me make sure I'm doing this right. Um, you're going to want to take two dice and just put them in, take two dice out of your pool, put them in front of you, and that'll be your raise. Uh, sure. We'll start out small. The two dice that I'm taking out and putting in front of me are going to add up to three. Three? Uh, in that case, I'm going to, I'm going to reverse the blow. Gotcha. I'm going to throw down a four. One dice, which means I'm going to get to hold on to that four and add it to my next raise. Okay. Um... I think what happens is, I think the reversing of the blow is that no one moves an inch. Gotcha. And suddenly, I think uh, he's going to throw down 
a five. He's going to throw a, a five and a four for nine. Thirteen total. And he's going to say, actually, I think it is time for you to leave. I don't think... I don't think you quite fit in with Rivercrest. As I... We run things. I think she's going to throw down... Uh, it's up. It's only up to two to raise, right? Uh, yeah. You want to see it? Uh, you're you're gonna have to see with with three dice because it's a thirteen. Unless you have something larger than a d six in play, which uh, you do technically. Uh, yeah, I can see with three die. Um, and it's going to add up to fourteen. Okay. When you take the blow, you get fallout dice. Take a number of dice you use to see. So you're going to take, I'm going to put these aside for later, you're going to have 3d4 of fallout dice as you take the blow. Okay. Describe how the attack lands and how your character reacts. How does what he says, how does what he says shake you? I think it makes her mad. Okay. I think, uh... I think more than anything, it, it like, bubbles up a rage in her, sort of similar to the to what we saw with, uh... With Elias, honestly, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like you dare, you're daring to tell me my business. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, how does that affect my race? Does that? It doesn't. You can now make the raise as you would. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so would it still be me seeing with three die? Uh, no, you're going to see, uh, you see with three die, those three die leave your pool, and then you raise with two dice. Okay. Whichever two dice you want. Okay. I gotcha. So the reverse, the blow, that's like its own contained Yeah. interaction, and then when it's my turn, I it's like a whole new one. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay. So, I'm going to raise ten. Uh, actually, a uh, question. So, with the reverse, the blow, I'm not using anything from my dice pool. I'm, I'm just responding to the blow given to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. When you took the blow, um, you you take the dice that you used to see out of your pool, and then we start a whole other raise where you throw down two dice, and then I respond with respond in kind. Uh, okay, I gotcha. Um. The, the, what happens is there's some dice that are put aside that we're going to roll later that will potentially add something to your character to reflect the fact that you took a hit. Okay, gotcha. To reflect the fact that you got mad here. We're going to roll some dice later. Uh, I'm going to raise uh, with two die, um, and it's going to be a ten. Okay, I'm going to... What do you say? Uh, and, and what I'm raising with, the die, one of them is 1d8. Okay. Does that affect anything? Uh, no, no, no. It's just the number on it at that point. Gotcha. You can always you can always choose to add more stuff to your pool if you want. So by um, adding invoking more traits. Okay. Let's see. Ooh, interesting. I will be adding a trait, but let me say what I need to say first. Yeah. Uh, she, um, I think she like balls up a fist, but it's almost imperceptible. Most people are either staring at her face or mm-hmm. at Desmond. And, uh, she, she looks at him square in the eye and, uh, she's like, crap, I forgot. What was the last thing he said? <laughs> um, he said, how we, how I run things. 
or how I, how we run things. Okay, so then she'll she'll hit back with a. To me, it seems like the way you choose to run things involves you not having to lift a goddamn finger. And I think the trait I'm going to roll is hard work comes easy for me. Yep, that's perfect. I yes, absolutely. So roll that, add that to your pool, and then I'm gonna uh, block with 10. I have two fives. I'm going to put those aside. I'm going to block with 10. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to add a trait to my pool, which I'm going to say afterwards. And this is how you're going to know things are getting real. (laughs) Um, He says, I have the goods shipped in. I sell them and people pay how they can pay. If it is with coin is with coin is if it is with soul, it is with soul. That is how we run things in Rivercrest. And I'm adding his D10 soul dealer trait. Damn! <laughs> that is a hefty trait, friend. Yes, it is. And he is going to raise you with eight. Oh boy. And if you're ever running low on dice and you want to continue the conflict, you can always add more traits, belongings, etc., or you can escalate the conflict into the next arena up. What would be the next arena up in this situation? Physical but not fighting is the next step up. Okay. The- I think I'm going to escalate. Okay. And I think the way this looks is she like takes a step towards the counter and then one swift motion just grabs the ruff of his collar and pulls him like really close to her face. Okay, uh, then you're going to roll body plus heart. You're going to roll body plus heart and add all of those dice to your pool. Gotcha. And then I choose to, like, block or reverse the blow or whatever? Yes, yes. Then you choose to reverse. You can block, reverse the blow, or take the hit. Do you want to get an eight? Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see. All right, then I'm going to block with an eight. Ooh, you're going to reverse. Uh, is that one dice or two? Uh, actually, it's two, so I'm blocking. Okay, yeah, you are blocking, yeah. And I, I say in like a really low voice, you do not have the right to deal in people's souls. No one gave it to you. You just took it. And that is not how this land works. All right, you can raise. You can raise how you like. Let's see. This is getting intense. I like it. It is. I like this conflict resolution system a lot because it it very much is gambling. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna raise. Nine. Okay. I'm gonna block. As he, um... As he says... I didn't need anyone to give me the right. I gave myself the right. And that is my... That is my right to do. And he's gonna throw down two sixes. Raise for twelve. Is it possible for me to use a trait more than once in a conflict? Uh, it is not. Okay. 
I'm trying to think. So I did use I did use Hard Work Comes Easy, and mm-hmm. I used I'm a Dog at the start. Yep. Now I believe you have a few dice undefined if you want to add a trait based on what's everything that's happened so far. Mm, that's true. Let's see. Or if you want to put a put some relationship down between like in this moment, between like the town or Zeb or anyone else. Interesting. Um. Ooh, that's actually really interesting. I think I I want to put a relationship down with uh, Zeb's family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Halford. Yeah, put so whatever dice you have left in relationships, you can put some down with the Halford family. Uh, fun fact: I have three D ten left in relationship dice. You can dump all of that in with the family. They took you in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I fixed their kid. Uh, definitely taking three D ten. Yep. All right, three. D10. Uh, that's with Zeb and his family. That's pretty cool. Let's see here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and use those 3D10. Alright. Uh, what is the level of escalation after this one? Uh, it is physical and fighting. Okay. Or fighting hand to hand and then fighting with guns. Cool. You can always And you can always escalate it beyond whatever the next step is. Okay, okay. <laughs> so if you just want to take your gun, like, you can take out your gun, but that puts it at a level. Um, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> but also, I should point out that, um, you can take out your gun without necessarily escalating it. It just adds it to the thing. It's, it's, it's when you actually start shooting at each other. Sorry, say that again? Uh, you can you can invoke your gun as a belonging without necessarily raising it to. Ah, uh, okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, so you're basically using it as a yeah yeah okay that makes yeah. sense. So you use two d sixes to make a twelve. Yes. Uh, if I used a d ten and a d six to make a tel- twelve, would that be reversing the blow? Uh, that is a block. Okay, gotcha. So. I think what's going to happen is I'm going to block the 12. Okay. I'm, I guess I'm not really clear on how, like, the terms for reversing a blow. Uh, reverse a blow is if you can block it in one, if you can if you can see in one dice. Gotcha. So if you had a d12, even though that's not technically a thing, if you had a d12 and rolled a 12, you could put that down and then, that, and then that's seeing, that's reversing the blow. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and block um, with a 12. Okay. And what I'm going to say is you do not have the right to do any of this. You saw an opportunity and you took it without regard for your fellow man or anybody else other than yourself. Um, and I think she, uh, ooh, okay. I think she, like, shoves him back a little bit Mm. and uh she shoves him back a little bit and she takes up the rope and i think she starts tying a noose with it Ooh, dang and uh she's like you have two options repent for what you have done and come quietly or i will take you kicking and screaming myself 
That's good. Okay, uh, in fact, uh, add 2d8 with, for the noose to your pool. Nice. As you invoke a belonging. It's got some fire. It's got some power behind it. Oh, yeah. So add 2d8 uh, and make your race. All right. I'm going to raise uh, 10. Okay. I'm going to make one more block. Okay. He's going to block it. He's going to say, I'll come quietly, but I'm going to ask you one question. And if you don't have an answer, then I don't think you have any right to do what you're talking about doing. What comes in next? And I'm going to raise you for six. What comes after me? What comes after I hang? I'm going to reverse the blow with a nine. Ooh, nice. And she's going to look him square in the eye. Every modicum of suffering you have given these people will be yours for eternity. All right. uh, So the way reversing the blow works is now you make a raise, but you add nine to it. You add that nine to it, whatever, whatever two dice you choose to raise with. Gotcha. Um, so I'm going to raise with an eight and a five. So that's 13. Is that math? Yeah. Okay. And then add the nine to it. So that's a so 22. Yeah. Oh, 20. 22. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, he's going to give. There's, I can't like the amount of traits I'd have to roll to like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to escape taking that blow yeah. pretty considerably. So I think the last, uh, thing that we see as Juniper leaves town is that body hanging on that noose and people surrounding it surrounding the gallows there are there's a fire burning a real big bonfire of scraps of little paper mm-hmm. waste baskets full and ledgers and notepads town is gathered around it and no one is saying anything they're just watching the paper burn and they're watching him hang you take the first ferry out of town where you go next do you go back to temple do you go to your next town do you just be alone for a while i think uh she's on the ferry and i imagine it's one of those that uh that takes you all the way up and down a river yeah so I think what she does, the water's calming for her. I think she stays on the ferry for a couple of stops past where she got on and uh, kind of uses that time to cool off, basically. Mm-hmm. Give herself time to think and reflect on on Rivercrest. Yeah, so uh, you're looking in the water. And we see the fire reflected in the water. As the fairy drifts off. And that's game. Yay! That was awesome! Oh, that rule. I love that. That was great. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that was fun. That was really fun. That was really good. I really like the system. <laughs> oh, I like it a lot. I the, the the gambling part of it is so cool and it's so appropriate. It's so neat. I I really like that 
there's a very big narrative element to it. Like, okay, do whatever you need to do to win, sure, but there's got to there are definitely things that you're like, I mean, I can't use that pool or add that to my pool because it just doesn't make sense in this context. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, it was super good. I love the system a lot. I'm really glad it worked really well. Palomi, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. This ruled. Thank you so much, Jeff. So real quick, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, you can find me at Palomi SP on Twitter or uh, PalomiPrayTap.com. I am a graphic designer and I am hashtag hireable. <laughs> D- Excellent. Uh, I am going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Sounds good. Take a future me. Thanks, Bass Me. And thanks again to Palomi for coming on to the show. That game was so much fun. Be sure to follow all of the different projects Palomi is working on, links to which can be found in the show notes, and to follow Palomi on Twitter at PalomiSP. While you're on Twitter, you can follow the show at Party of One Pod, then like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, social media shout-out, or word-of-mouth recommendation. All those things help new listeners find the show, which lets us do bigger, better, and cooler things. Speaking of, if you're in the Philadelphia area, you're not going to want to miss the live show at Malcolm Comics and Coffeehouse, July 15th, high noon. It's going to rule. If you want to hear more from me, consider checking out All My Fantasy Children, the podcast in which Aaron Catano, Saez, and I take your listener prompts and turn them into beautiful, thriving, vibrant role-playing game children. And speaking of live shows, All My Fantasy Children Live will be at... July 22nd at the Kitchen Table Gallery in Philadelphia. Also, gonna flip and rule. Party of One is produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming onto the show, or you just want to talk to me about the G1 Climax because the rosters got announced and it's super exciting, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. Well, that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. And party on. Never gonna die.